we can't grow without a little bit of resistance. If you are wanting to, you know, lower, like have a better stamina or endurance, you need to do different modalities of training, cardio, um, long run, uh, um, short run, high intensity. And then this will create the necessary tension in order to, you know, work your heart, right? Uh-huh. Work the, the, the muscle. Now in the mind, it's difficult because everything is trying to make us as comfortable as possible. We need some tension. We need we, we need tension that is fostering growth, that's fostering questioning. Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier Day. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast bringing a down-to-earth approach to personal growth. On this show, we're helping individuals just like you learn about tapping into their incredible potential through insightful interviews and inspiring lessons. Our mission is to encourage you to always keep pushing towards achieving your dreams and to stay awesome along the way. Little known fact, when I started numbering these episodes, I had this grand vision that I would always use three digits to play a mind trick on myself and aim for as many episodes as possible. 999 is still quite a ways off, but here we are, episode 200. It's such an incredible honor to be able to share today's episode with you all. I thought it'd be a good opportunity to go back to the basics and bring on someone who is not only a good friend and avid supporter of the show, but is always a genuine treat to have on, given his consistently thought-provoking insights and terrific energy. Tanguy Exume is an individual you are immensely fortunate to know, and if he's someone you're lucky enough to call a brother, you've got it made. Indeed, his incredible heart beats to the tune of an uncommon spirit. One whose singular journey has been shaped by circumstances, adventures, discoveries, experiences, and many teachings. A born storyteller and a damn good one at that, Tungi has continuously demonstrated how leaning into one's gift can reveal so much about ourselves. Educator, teacher, author, spoken word artist, poet, and more recently, a seasoned podcaster. Through his impressive body of work and as the host of the impactful Teach Reach podcast, a podcast exploring human connections through shared stories, Tungi carries us through a journey of emotion and truth from which we cannot walk away unaffected. He aims to bring us into his world through journeys of laughter, leisure, longings, and sometimes great sorrow, and we can't help but thank him for it. On this candid and heartfelt conversation between longtime friends, Tungi and I touch on the concepts of vulnerability and identity, finding one's place in the world, having to explore one's trauma by way of circumstance and duty, as well as trade podcasting war stories. A solemn and singular exchange, which I do hope you'll enjoy. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 200 with Tangi Exumi. Here we go. It really means a lot to me um, for such a solemn episode to have you on, brother, because um, first of all, since the infancy of the ship called ATA, uh, you have been a remarkable... Uh, somewhat surprising, but not really, but such a great source of support, a source of truth, a source of, you know, in even into the depths of like times where I had no idea what I was doing. And you always showed up, whether a like here, a repose there, a comment here, a support there. And you're like, even after an episode was out for months and you'd show up on WhatsApp, it's like, yo, I love this. And 
Wow. So it's not about me, but c'est très important for me to just let you know how, you know, it really matters a lot because sometimes we spend so much time in our own little ether, our own little bubble to, you don't know, especially as creatives, you have no idea what you're doing and you're just doing it mm. from your heart and as a passion. But when mm. you have, because that's where it started. This thing started with my friends. I reached out to friends. I reached out to friends. I reached out to friends. That's how it started because, and I believe that's how we strengthened our brotherhood and our friendship over the years is because we, I realized that at some point I didn't take the time to hear my friends' stories and to mm. get to know them and to go deep into stuff like Dimitri and his photography, Vivaldi and his creativity, Coralie and her activism and all that stuff. And these are people that mean a lot to me and you as well. You know, we, yeah, yeah. we lost sight of each other after Haiti. We came back to Montreal. We started connecting, you know, here and there. And then, you know, over the years, it's, I guess it's just all I'm trying to say it's just a very heartfelt thank you for stepping up, stepping in, reaching out, leaning in. Um, mm. this is nothing to say of your character as a brother as a friend, as a collaborator, as a teacher, as a father, as an educator, as a philosopher, as a thinker, a storyteller, poet, dance teacher, such an amazing spirit. And this is has a lot to do for such a roundup episode, like episode 200, to have yeah. you on, as serendipitous as it is, because I never try to make anything about fanfare. It's important to have people I care about. I care about all these people. It's not about making somebody more important than the other, but I want you to know that it means a lot, you know, for you to be here and for all the support that you've given, all the love that you share for the person that you are and the being that you are. It's a pleasure to have you back on, man. Thank you so much for being here. And it's a pleasure and honor and a thrill to share this space with you again. Brother, this, uh, I, I can only say thank you. I can only say that. There is a reason why our path crossed and I commend you because, and I've said that in the back channels many times, sometimes I drop, you know, seven or eight minute messages on your WhatsApp, just, <laughs> just, just telling you stuff. But the main thing is that I wouldn't be a podcaster right now if it wasn't for you. And the amount of support and the love and the push and the, the, the motivation and dedication and advice and coming from Kole and then you're like, Hey, this is Olivier that's going to rescue the day. My IT support, you know, it's like, you name it, you, you name it, whatever it, like you like a, a, a Swiss knife, you know, I need you to like, you know, tighten a screw, you there. I need you to slice some cheese, you there. I need to break bread, you there. So, so the, the, the feeling is mutual. And, um, and I think that's, that's something that's lacking, um, brotherhood in, in the true sense of the word. So, so I'm happy to be here and I'm, I'm happy to be with you. And, and episode 200, um, you know, like there's something in that number and I'm like, let, let's go, man. So, so yeah. that's beautiful, man. And, it's a lot. and I, I it's a lot. also, it's like, you know, there, there's some stats running outside where, a lot of podcasts don't make it past episode 10 and then some podcasts make it past episode 20 and it's like you're already in the top 5%. It's and then you're, 
you're pushing to 200 and plus and, and man, you know, what a journey, what a, what a, what a testament of your passion and an example and a legacy that you can, that you can live behind. So, we're trying. so for we're me, trying. whenever, whenever I see those things, I applaud them because, because, uh, I better applaud it now than, you know, in freaking 10 years. And I'm like, Sim Dekone. Support, you know? support and love and, and encouragement. And what I like to say, you know, healthy competition, I guess, mm -hmm. because it's a brotherhood. And that's why I tell people, you know what? Don't, don't hog the knowledge. Don't be selfish with the knowledge because you gain <laughs> nothing from it. You gain nothing from it because your tribe will benefit from you rising. As Brad likes mm -hmm. to say, rising tide lifts all ships. Mm -hmm. And it's very important to realize that, you know, no matter what knowledge that you have, if for me, this is it. I'm not a financier. I'm not a real estate developer. I can mm -hmm. help you out. And the same way you've helped me out, you know, in moments where I've needed you, you know, around this week, around this year, you know, when I had issues with my daughter, you say, hey, I need someone who knows kids. I need someone who's a teacher <laughs> from this perspective. Like, and be like I, I, I need you. And this is what we're talking about. This is why mm -hmm. I, I really mean these words. You know, I called you a few mm -hmm. days ago and I told you that I really am thankful. I've become a lot more spiritual as of late. And I'm being very open mm -hmm. with that stuff. I haven't done a lot mm -hmm. Because this is all about growth and connecting even more deeply about because this thing has always been in a personal adventure as of sorts. And when I called you, I told you, I think, yeah, I'm very grateful for your presence in my life because this is something that we need to speak, not as men, but as people, mm -hmm. because it's mm -hmm. so easy to lose sight and take these things for granted, not just parents or relatives or children, but friends. I don't know where I read this. I may be paraphrasing, but friends are the relatives you choose for yourself. Mm -hmm. See, you're born with your brother and sister, but friends are the relatives you choose for yourself. So you can be wise and very thorough about these people. And mm -hmm. I greatly hope that I can bring as much value and support and, and intent into our relationship as I can, because like I said, I need, I never would want to just use or abuse of this relationship. And this is why, you know, it's a very heartfelt meetup because you've been doing so many great things over the past year. And don't think I've been watching you just because I've been lazy. doesn't mean I haven't been watching. I've been religiously, not just the episodes, but the it's, and I mean this because leading up to this, I've, I've re-listened to a bunch of teachers episodes and, it's not just through the podcast. It's not just through this wonderful, wonderful, beautiful set that I'm totally jealous of. Oh, bro, and, bro, bro, bro. Don't but even, no, don't people who that, are man. listening to this on the audio and people are going to get this on video because I am going to post the video. If you guys have not seen Tungi's <laughs> setup, if you're not following Tungi on Instagram, the day he posted that thing, I'm like, you wretched, <laughs> like, ah, okay, fine, fine, fine. Brother, Leveling you have up, to. You Leveling have to up think. looks like this. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's celebration, celebration of my friend. Because again, it's not it's not hate. It's full mm. appreciation about the fact that we are pushing ourselves higher and better to other levels. Because we cannot stay stagnant. We cannot stay, you know, just on our laurels, as they say. But mm. we, as people, 
as beings, as spirits, are meant to flourish and grow and move forward and, you know, step into this comfort of change. Mm -hmm. And I guess that, you know, through such a wide thinker as you are, such a philosopher as you are, and I guess just a low-hanging fruit question, like, how, why is change so so difficult why do we why have we stepped into a reality where i believe that the fear of change is so debilitating for some people because mm. that's a that's a theme i go back to a lot in the conversations i've had over the past few where i realize that a lot of what holds us back is not just it's not the fear but the discomfort we don't want to mm -hmm. be uncomfortable so we'd rather just sedate with distraction and ignorance and and doom scrolling but i guess yeah. that we're just instinctively or not just falling into this cycle of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where don't want the discomfort. Where do you think that comes from? Brother, first of all, on, on addressing the set, um, we have to thank my, my dear wife that I always tell people, <laughs> marry someone that is smarter than you. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and she has a, a wood making, woodworking design company called the Makery Design. People can follow her on Instagram at the Makery Designs. And, um, after season one and two, and she was like, I have a gift for you. And she gave me this black wow. right there. And I'm like, I love it. and I'm like, what am I supposed to do with that? I have no place to put it. And she's like, really? Hold my beer. <laughs> She's wow. like, hold, hold my beer. So she, she, she has an ability to see things. I'm not as visual as that. Um, so, so it's thanks to her that I have this. And, and every time I sit there to either record or interview someone or, or be inter being interviewed, I'm just so grateful because I'm like, she saw me sitting here prior to me sitting myself. Mm -hmm. And that ties in into the question that you asked, because essentially what she was asking me was asking me to change. And I realized personally that I've been putting cap on my life my entire time. So I will venture to do things and I will cap myself. I, was I would limit myself to this little thing. And then as long as I'm comfortable in it and it's comfort that prevent people from changing but it's also identity, right? Our identity markers are so strong that when we are confronted with change, it's not the change itself, is the label that it will change on our identity. So I will no longer be that person. Um, speaking of my wife, when we first started dating, she had already been in a previous relationship. And... Every single time that we would talk about certain things that are important, she would mention, I am a single mother. I am a single mother. I am a single mother. And I took offense to that because I'm like, if you are a single mother, that means me, I'm just, Whatever. I'm just a, you know, a pot fleur, right? Mm -hmm. a, a flower vase. And I had to make sure that I'm here and I tell her that I'm here so she can realize that she's no longer, she's indeed a mother, but no longer single because the identity that we form have characteristic or traits that are attached to those identities. And then we act out those identities. Some of those identities, we act them out 
and they be they can be stereotypes, but they're not fully complete. Some of those are, are traits that we act out. We 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 see them and we we do them because well, if I'm a single mother, i.e., I am struggling, i.e., certain things are not made for me. So myself, when I was about to change that set, for example, in my head the 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 narrative track that was in my mind was that well i'm not a professional i mm. I, I am not i am not a podcaster i'm mm-hmm. just i'm just doing this for fun mm-hmm. so the identity that i attach limit me to what i was able to do now we have to also address the fact that there's privilege attached to that right yes. like, like there's privilege there's there's resources there's means there's there's people that are that are able to help me navigate those those things so in that context of privilege i still was capping myself mentally to be like no this is not for me or and also i'm like once i make that jump the expectation of people will be different i can no longer hide with like well he's doing something like you know in a little closet, what do mm-hmm. I expect? Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? So now it's like, okay, he's doing something on a set. Therefore, my expectations are greater. And I had to navigate that. You know, we have to navigate those identities, those narrative and the expectations that are external of us. So I had to dig deep to realize, well, first of all, it doesn't matter what people say. <laughs> That's Number big. One. That's big. Number one. Number two, I'm like, well, why am I doing this? That endeavor that is, that I decided to change. Why, why am I doing this? And I had to do an inventory and then realize that my own narrative, I was, I was challenging my own narrative. So it's a long winded answer to a, to a similar no, question beautiful. Beautiful. of like, of like change, but there's components to it. And I feel that People can scan at what level they are at, either at that narrative part, either at that expectation part, either at the resources part. So they, they have to, you know, look, do a little inventory of, of where they are, right? So I love it. I love it. Yeah. And, you know, you're so right about the wives because this entire background as well is totally Asian's vision because just like you, it's a closet for me. It's some bathroom door in the basement my phone and these same earbuds Mm -hmm. and to you it was okay right because all you want to do is just push an episode out and hey i got a great conversation i'm good and for some people it's just like hey i'm just going to my job you know just doing what i gotta do but you know you can be a ceo right yeah but it's change you talk about identity i'm letting the silence hang because people need to hear this you speak of identity and I'm talking to you because I'm sitting with my brother who I'm willing to learn from. Is identity something that we create or is that something that is within us? Because sometimes mm-hmm. I wrestle with that because we hear it all the time. You can be anything you want to be or you're a born leader mm-hmm. or you're a born orator like myself. I've got this gift of gab. My sister says that all the time. My mother says that all the time. You come to train ni comme ça, comme tu, tu aimes parler, tu aimes t'exprimer, tu aimes is that something I learned or something I fabricated? Where do, where does the line, is the line blurred 
or is it something that we can take up? You had to take on this identity of a professional podcaster, just same way as I am mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now, but it's a dichotomy. It's like, is, am I, am I just carrying an expectation or is it something that I genuinely want? Is this something that mm -hmm. is within my purpose, my being, my core? See? Mm -hmm. So sometimes I wrestle with that. I'm not sure if you do. Oh, of course. I, I, <laughs> we are more mirrors than anything, um, to each other. And, and to any any person that we encounter, there's a mirror effect. There's something that we see in the other person that we see in ourselves. Um, in terms of identity, it's it's difficult for me because I, I'm not I'm not a trained psychologist or 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 you know I'm not I'm not trained in that sphere. However, I could say that there is a a predisposition that we have, and there is a fostering of the environment that allow our predisposition to rise up. Okay. There's a, there's Brené Brown who talks about genetics in that sense. She has a very good term that she coined. She says genetic genetics load the gun and the environment pulls the trigger. Oh, okay. So genetics so, load the gun. Yes. But the environment pulls the pulls, trigger. Pulls the trigger. Okay, that's heavy. Okay. So that means we we have certain predisposition and based on certain environment, that predisposition will rise up and will show up. I I've been very, very fortunate to always be on stage. My mom's favorite story about me is my valedictorian speech when I was in kindergarten. And I grew up hearing that. I didn't even, I don't even remember, but I, I, I have that narrative that's like, you were on stage. You are comfortable on stage. You, you always speak your mind. And then that's been fostered in at events for my family. I'm the one who speaks, right? Whether it's like, it doesn't matter who's the adult in the room. They're like, no, you're going to go and make the speech go. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, it's been fostered in me. And then in my daily jobs, I'm, I'm, I'm in front of, of kids all the time. I'm in front of an audience. So, so speaking in a mic or expressing myself is, I believe natural to me, but have I been in another environment that was not fostered or recognizing me? I don't know if I would be right. And, and, and sometimes some people that think they are not that, you know, well versed or whatever, when push come to shove, they rise up to it. And then they're like, Oh my God, I just did that. Or if it's something that they are passionate about. So, now, it's about, again, doing a surveying of where we are. And, and I'm very into, you know, introspection. Let's survey what we have within. Let's survey our habits. Let's survey our, our ways. Let's survey how we talk to people. And then also ask other people how, how they see us. I am a teacher right now for 12 years. I've been a teacher for 12 years. That's been 12 years, man. It's been 12 years. Wow. Right. My daughter's and, 10. <laughs> wow. And when I got into teaching, I always describe it as such. I got into teaching my first time in front of a classroom. If you have ever felt a key entering a door, 
and unlocking that door with ease, that's how it felt within me. And then when I tell people that I am a teacher, everyone that I grew up with, they're like, what took you so long to realize that? Of course. We have photos of you. We have photos of you teaching us. We have, we have example of you teaching us. You used to hold um, group study at your house. Like, and I'm like, but I didn't have that input. So in my mind for, for 10, 15 years of my life, I didn't know I could be a teacher. And then when I became a teacher and then other people started telling me, wow, I've, of course, of course, that's what you should be. Like we knew it. Right. So I think a survey to, 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 to grasp our identity, it can't be done by itself. It has mm-hmm. to be done in, in, in concert with other people. There's a feedback that your environment, your people tell you. And that's why we need to have honest conversation with people because so they the will tribe tell us does matter. Of course. Of course it does. The people that are around you will tell you what they see in you. Positive, negative, they'll tell you. And then you will deal with that information, that mirror, that, that feedback and that hurt sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you will, you'll deal with it. And then you will be able to, to formulate your identity. And also one thing that I've noticed is that identities can are dynamic. Right. Um, they are, I am a teacher at school. I do play for certain kids, a father figure role. For others, I am just their teachers. At home, I have sometimes to remove my teacher cap and then put my father cap. And then sometimes I'm like, Oh man, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm struggling with my own kid. Mm. And then I put my teacher out to be like, what should I do? <laughs> So it's the, it's dynamic. It's it's malleable. We are we are complex being, because oftentimes identity is seen as a fixed thing, and then yes. it stays there. It can't grow. It can't move. And I and I don't want to believe that. That's not what it is, because I believe I believe in the fluidity of the spirit, because mm-hmm. I believe that mm-hmm. we cannot stay stagnant. Because mm-hmm. if I just piggyback on what you said, it's like I remember Olivia at six. I think I have a glimpse of Olivier at 12, at 15. I remember Olivier when he came to Montreal. And Olivier right now in Kansiak, Quebec is not the same person, whether through survival or circumstance or hurt or victories or career, being a father. These are different facets. I guess the foundation is the same. That's why we're talking about values mm-hmm. or principles or, you know, nurturing, mm-hmm. but identity I believe is something that to echo what you're saying is that we're constantly chiseling, you know, to refine right. and, right. you know, to redress. I'm thinking about those clay molds where we were modeling a car to actually, mm-hmm. you know, edge out those lines. And at some point you realize, no, this sucks. <laughs> okay. Right. Let's try this again. Start over. Right. So right. you're saying it's okay to iterate. You're saying it's okay to experiment. And I guess that, just following, I had a follow-up question where I'm visualizing, I'm very visual today, I don't know why, mm-hmm. I'm visualizing a scene I really love from the movie 300, and you see the young boy who's supposed to represent King Leonidas going off into the Agogi, going out into the world, and exploring, okay, maybe you'll survive, maybe you won't. Do you mm-hmm. believe, sometimes, I, do you believe that that, without being a Spartan, because 
do you believe that that facet of this it, that also matters into the discovery of our identity do we need to go out into the agogi to figure life out or is it something that you know we can skip the hurt we can skip the adventurous turmoil and trauma and just be okay well okay so i i don't know if we can avoid any pain at all i have limited experience of not experiencing pain or suffering or or questioning or or doubt um i don't know if it's something that is also a prerequisite to success but i have not i'm in my mind i'm scanning to see what example i could find of of either in literature either in 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 scientific literature or in in psychology or in religion or whatever i i i don't see maybe it's something that we've we'd all drink the Kool-Aid and then we like you have to suffer mm-hmm. but but it's a concept that it's a concept that i don't think it's suffering i think it's resistance so we need resistance to grow we can't grow without a little bit of resistance so the 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 very simple example is anything with physical health if you are wanting to you know lower like have a better stamina or endurance you need to do different modalities of training cardio um long run uh, um short run high intensity and then this will create the necessary tension in order to you know work your heart right mm-hmm. work the, the the muscle uh, um going to the gym is the same principle so now in the mind it's difficult because you know we everything is trying to make us as comfortable as possible we need some tension we need um we we need tension that is fostering growth that's fostering questioning we 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 need that we don't want a, a smooth sailing path because we might create smooth sailing paths in a certain container mm-hmm. but out there out there there is so much that comes at us that in order for us to be able to filter that we need to be equipped and to be equipped is to be you know grounded mentally and physically and how to ground ourselves mentally and physically is through being exposed to tension is to being trusted to take a risk is to go on whatever adventure that is that that is necessary right like mm-hmm. uh, um if we think if we think about like you know along like typical archetypal lines is like you need to get out of your country get out of thy country and go into the unknown right and and then that will strengthen you that will provide you information and it will put you whole it will put you informed right mm-hmm. right and and it's funny because in in creole when they ask you qui joie and you reply uh-huh. it's like i am in shape mm-hmm. Wow. I am in shape. That's wow. that's the language, right? That's the so, language. So so in order to be well, it's to be in shape. We don't define that shape. We don't say like it's it's like this amount of number on the scale or the BMI, whatever. But all of us speaking Creole or that that use that language, 
of being in shape, we know what that means. That means we are grounded. That means we have a sense of we can, we can act with agency in the world. We can feel empowered. We can have gratitude and then we can grow. I so this moment I am centered. I am grounded. I'm aware. I'm aware. Yeah. I'm alert. I'm alert. I'm alert. Yes. My form, my form, my form, right? My form. And I wanted, I didn't want to skip over this because we have talked about Tangi, the thinker and philosopher, Tangi, my friend, Tangi, the podcaster. And I wanted to bring this forward because like I said, I've been listening to the episode a, a lot and want the <laughs> latest one. Uh, I told you this in my own words, uh, really touched me. And for reasons obvious, and guys, I'm not going to spoil it for you because you need to go listen to the latest episode of Tangis. And I want to thank you, brother, for what I believe was nothing short of a very difficult trip into some very dark demons. Mm-hmm. Um, you did not hide the fact that uh, Teach Reach was not just a way to, you know, highlight some very human conversations, you know, into the soul, into the being, but also was kind of also a journal of sorts where you were using it as your own tool to express yourself in the many ways you already do, you know, through your writings and your poetry, but this was another avenue of expression for you. But uh, the episode followed up on a lot of traumatic experiences, you know, the loss of family the um, your parents' separation, the horrible and very traumatic uh, historical Haiti earthquake, you going back there and trying to piece together what was left of your family's residence and your family, you know, brother, it took a lot of courage. Um, if people haven't told you, I will tell you, it was a very courageous thing. Because to revisit that, um, just listening to your words, um, not just the production quality, just your words, because I'm listening to my friend, because there's a lot of things that I forgot. Mm. And there's a lot of things, obviously, as my brother, that I didn't know. And I felt sad. Mm. I felt your pain. I felt your sorrow. I felt the confusion. And I felt what was what I would believe was always a very difficult trip back into memory lane. You know, having made an episode about the child that we lost, I can only understand how going back and telling stories like this, because you put a mm-hmm. lot into one hour. So I want to commend you for that because it was not easy. So of course you're gonna tell me, yeah, I'm fine, but <laughs> I'm hoping that you're well, brother. You know. Yeah. I celebrate you for that because it takes a lot to bring that forward. And of course, Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for not letting the memory die. Um, Not saying this in any form of comparison because there will always be September 1st, but Haitians will never forget. We all lost someone. We all had, we all remember where we were when we got the call and we got the news. And I'm not trying to make you go back there, but Mm. I guess that it's important to know what we're here to do. And when we have to be that person to carry the weight, you had to go to help out your father because you need to know where is your family, where are your sisters, Mm -hmm. where is everyone? And you're the only one who could make it happen. So that speaks a lot to us as men, 
I will mm-hmm. say it because we are here to bear to bear that load. Mm-hmm. And I guess that did you feel that at that point or were you just in we're solution oriented and we have to go mm-hmm. and let's figure stuff out. Where's the family? What what drove you? Because you could have made so many excuses to just mm-hmm. sit in the comfort of Canada and just mm-hmm. okay, just watch the news, be on Facebook like we all were. But you wanted to be there because you had to provide what little help you could. Well, um, thank you so much, man, for for the kind words and and for for seeing me. Um, in terms of the technicality of like what drove me, there was a sense of urgency for real, but. I think hindsight right now, there was a lot of unearthing. It's, it's a story that I've been carrying my entire life that led to that moment at that earthquake. So, so the episode that you're referencing is a continuation of the first vivid memory that I have or the first trauma that I carried growing up. Uh-huh. And I think my response to the earthquake is informed by that first series of events where I lost my cousin Vanessa in a flood. So that was the first, that was the catalyst. I was like during that whole time, like, I don't want another Vanessa. I don't want another Vanessa. So the, the line got blurry, blurred in my mind while I'm trying to act. Am I acting for my father? Am I acting for my sisters? But in reality, I'm acting to no longer have another Vanessa. And, and, and what, what pained me when I came back is the fact that I realized that I didn't make much, much progress. <laughs> I was mm. still in the same, in the same point. So, so, but it, it's also the fact that when you are in a, in an emergency situation, there's very less thinking. Like, like you are on autopilot. And that's why I always recommend people when they are entering a relationship with someone, you will not know that person until then there's an emergency. Uh-huh. That's when you know the person because that's the first, their first, all their first instinct will come out. That's right. If click. it's someone, if it's someone that's lose their shit, they are going to lose their shit. Right. So, so for me, I'm very much of a, let's do, let's do, let's do to my own detriment. I'll put my own health beside in order to do. And it's a, it's a, it's a character flaw, not a flaw, but a character trait that I have of where action goes first. I'm always on the action and I'm, I'm ignoring whatever toll that it takes on me. Right. And I'm work, I'm working on that. So that's, that's the, that's part of the journey. That's part also of like, you know, writing those stories is to, is to get to that bottom of like, why am, am I the way that I am? Right. But, you know, going there was really the sense of urgency, the, the, the turmoil, the, the panic that was in my parents' voice. And, and it's just like, you know what? Let's, let's go. And, and I was in a very dark period of my life too. Right. I was, barely jobless or barely having a job and it's like it's it's that thing that tells me okay well you have a purpose here go 
right? There's something that you can achieve. Whether you succeed or not, it doesn't matter, but there's something that you can be part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and being, you know, raised extremely patriotic, um, and having that shame that comes with like, you are patriotic, but you're not home. It, it kind of like all this combined to put the perfect cocktail to get me the boost to go. But when I came back, I was a, I was a mess. I, I've been a mess for, for 12 years, not until I wrote my story about losing my cousin Vanessa. And I probably haven't mentioned that to anyone or to anyone outside of like my close family is the fact that when Vanessa died in a flood, in a flood, I don't know how to swim, brother. Mm. I can't swim. I don't know how to swim. And I spent my entire life trying to learn how to swim and paralyzed like not even able to go further than like having the water like below my knees Mm -hmm. and then you know i took some lessons and the people are not equipped because when i once i realized well wait a second it's not the capacity of swimming that i don't have is the fact that i am not mentally there There so i need i need someone to mentally accompany me right process of it Right? It's different so, than the mechanics of it more than the mental hurdle you have to overcome, that, which is a significant right. one because we that's are right. talking about severe trauma. Mm-hmm. And, wow. and I, I, once I wrote the episode on Vanessa, I released it and I was, I booked some lessons. I found someone that is extremely gentle that spoke to me before entering the pool about why are you here? Let's talk about what brought you here as opposed to you here for swimming lesson. This is your name, get in the pool. Mm-hmm. That person talked to me and I spoke very briefly about like, you know what, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm traumatized of being in water. And this lady, bless her heart, man, she brought me into the water and every single inch steps that I took to get into the water, she asked me if it's okay. She asked me how I'm feeling. She check with me, you know, like, am I okay to do what she's asking me to do inch mm-hmm. by inch? Then we got into the water and then she's like, okay, um, I'm going to have to ask you to put your face in the water. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not doing, doing it. I'm not I'm doing like, it. I'm, and then she gave me like, she, she was so amazing. She's like, okay, you know what? Um, I want you to think of a beautiful event and put your hands on the water. And you are celebrating the most beautiful birthday that you could ever think. And then you're just going to go, you're going to put your mouth in the water and you're just going to blow that bubble. You're going to blow the bubble, but you're going to blow that candle for that birthday. I kid you not, man. The first image that come to mind was the last birthday that I had with Vanessa. Wow. And I just blew that candle. And yeah, I am not a swimmer. I started to float. I -hmm. started to put my face in the water. I can Mm -hmm. float with little floaties in my hand. Mm -hmm. And that's the extent of where my progress is. But it's, it's, it took me to remove that baggage, to embrace who I am. I am a storyteller. I am, I'm surviving to tell stories. Because the, 
it's not there's no one else to, to say it, but it is my duty to say it. After the earthquake in 2010, the, you know, the people were on TV, etc., and they, they were interviewing Daniela Ferriere, who they asked him, like, you know, like, is he going to write about the earthquake? And he had a very beautiful answer. He's like, when there's a disaster, an actual disaster or something, firefighters will do their job. Police officers will do their job. First responders will do their job. My job is to write. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. I will write about this because that's my job. So my duty is to be a storyteller. I'm surviving to tell stories. That's, and I embrace that. Once I embrace that, I'm like, this is who I am. I, I tell story again. It's my identity, right? I tell stories. So, so, um, when you step so that's, into that's, that, that's where I am. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful because I told you, I listened to it and you take the time. I guess it's different when you're culturally, I guess, biased, if you will. But when, mm-hmm. when it's part of you, of your being, you know, my sister was there. My parents were there. My brother, no, my brother was abroad, but I'll always remember it. I'll always remember it. I, I just like, it, it didn't make sense. It was like, is this really happening? Like you get calls or in the middle of the night, it's like, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Well, like what now? Uh, uh, earthquake. And you're thinking just a shake because we've had shakes, but no, 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 no. This, this is real. Like this was real. This was real. And I just listened to you give away for the sound effects. The the production is, is stellar by the way, but through your words. And this is my friend, the lyricist. This is my friend, the poet, but there's a prose to it. There's a beauty of, of, you know, just the emotion that's in it. I guess mm-hmm. that's what gripped me is because mm-hmm. for a lot of us, I guess it unlocked you through your memories and your words and this story that you brought forward. Uh, it awoke a lot of very deep down emotions that we, that we, I don't believe we've have yet reconciled with. Because mm-hmm. we are still dealing with it to this point. I went to Haiti a couple of weeks ago to see my dad and we're still dealing with it. A right, lot of us. Right, right, and right. I guess that it, it takes a tremendous amount of self acceptance to understand, you know, coming back into the real world, because you said it yourself, when you come back, you are messed up and you're like, people are talking mm-hmm. about, I don't know, American Idol or mm-hmm. the latest mm-hmm. iPhone. And mm. you're, you were here and like, you people have no idea what's going on in the real world. Mm-hmm. And you talk about privilege. Yeah. I deal with this all the time. I mean, you're like, you, do you know the level of pain and suffering that goes on in the real world? How? Right. But I guess that's not what we're here for. I guess mm-hmm. that, I guess there's also the spirituality I get, that I'm dealing with. And I'm not sure if how you on your day to day are mending those wounds is because, okay. I'm here. I'm not there. I'll tell the story. I'll keep it alive and I'll help as best I can. But I'm not here Mm -hmm. to just wallow in self pity because a lot Mm -hmm. of us are stuck Mm -hmm. in that, in that bubble where we, we feel guilty for our privilege. Mm -hmm. When I, I believe that, okay, you're here, you're not there, but you have these resources, you have these abilities, you have these gifts. And how do you bring that forward? And I'm hoping that you can speak to us to deal with wrestle with that because that's also Hmm. uh going back to the identity 
that that goes a lot with the insecurities that a lot of us are dealing with. It's like, well, I work in North America and like, you know, black privilege, white privilege, you know, there are people dying in Somalia. Well, you're not there. You're mm -hmm. here to handle you. Be the best mm -hmm. you that you can be and see what you can do with that. All right. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you can help us, you know, navigate those insecurities. Well, well, to to begin, I think recognizing that those insecurities are there, it's a huge step. It's the first step. We need to recognize that there are, you know, things that we are limiting ourselves. Um, that episode, that embracing myself, that that stepping into that fire. It's been 12, 13 years in the making. And in order to embrace it, I had to every single year chip at it. Every single year, Riaz, like looking at what do I overlook in myself in general? Why do I process things the way that I process them? So there's a lot of journaling that, that prose that you were talking about comes from like, you know, pages upon pages upon pages upon pages of journal of like positive stuff, mainly negative, dark thoughts that are just on paper to kind of like get to understand myself as a human being, understand myself as a Haitian man, understand myself as a black man. And I think, and it ties into the privilege that I have to be able to sit down every morning and have 15, 20 minutes to write. I am not in a dire situation where when I wake up, I shower and I have to go, right? So we, we have to recognize this. I think also something that I talk about with my students a lot is the fact that <laughs> there's an exercise I do with my students where I ask them, what is the biggest problem in the world? Right? Hmm. And they go list of 50, 60 things, right? About pollution, war, um, climate change, uh, um, civil rights, human rights, uh, um, equity, equality, etc. right? A whole list. And mainly I ask them those questions, this question as a setup. Because the setup is the following. Those are the problem in the world. Within our four walls, where we have 30 kids, what is our problem? Okay. And oftentimes I'm like, some of you sit in this room and you don't know the other person's name. That's a problem. That's a very big problem. That's a problem that is in my book at this, with that sphere that I have in front of me is greater than pollution. Because what happened is that it creates a community that's divided and a community that's divided cannot take care of whatever big problem that we have. There you go. Sometimes I tell my students, there are people in this school that comes and that do not have breakfast. Do you know that? So when you are packing boxes to send 10 kilometers or 20 kilometers or 25, 35 kilometers away, the person that is within your wall that is suffering, what do they say? 
And and the the reason why I plant that seed in their head is for them to recognize that your local small influence has meaning, has value. You need to see the other person in the room. So like that, we can practice seeing the other person in the room and seeing the other people elsewhere. Because nothing tells me that you see those problems elsewhere because they are far, but you're not seeing the problem that is right there in your midst. Right. So there's a practice that has to be to be done of do we see the thing that are happening in front of us? Are we taking care of our own local communities? Are we investing in our cities? Are we investing in our in our own local places so we can be stronger and create that container? Because we are we are too small by ourselves. Right in, in mm-hmm. one, you know, sell pas manger kalalu. Right, so you, you need you need you need multiple people to come together, and you can only do that at your small sphere of influence, and then you, that will that will like you know ripple effect. Now we do have to be aware of the systemic problems and the systemic pressure that is put on certain communities that prevent them to be together. There's no way that my neighbors will want to be together with me if they are working two, three jobs. When they come home, what, why do they want to come to that community event? They don't mm-hmm. have time. So we have to understand as well that our landscape, economic, politic, political, social landscape often put us in a silo. And then the only thing we can see, it's far away because, because close to us, there's nobody. So we have to do kind of like the exercise of reaching to the other person that is across from us. So in my classroom, I put my student in a U shape or sometimes in like a square and then everyone can see everyone's face. Wow. Everyone can see everyone's face. So therefore, you're not looking at someone's back. You are talking to the person face to face. We do a lot of dyads where we like put them Sitting, sitting together, looking at each other and talking about something profound, something that they've, that they live through. And then they have to share with the other person. We have a prompt that a couple of days ago I did with my mm-hmm. students. It's like, you, you are going to have the following prompt. I am a good student when, All right? And then they discuss about that for five minutes. Then the next person goes, I am a good student when. And then we go, I am a bad student when. And then the other person share when they are a bad student. We all been a bad student at one point. There's something mm-hmm. that we do. And we exchange that. And the last prompt is something I see in you that I see in myself. There is something that you have that I see in myself. In myself. And it comes to the idea of oneness, right? The, 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 the Rastafari's don't tell you they say i and i right if i see if i see you as me we are one then if we are one if we are one we are all related therefore before i hurt you i'll see me right makes me do a double take you have to think about it twice right before i see before i hurt you i see myself right and if i see myself then i'm gonna when i hurt you i hurt me so we are together in this and that's the insecurities that, you know, like I've, I've, I've thought about 
our I don't want to say Haitian problem, but our our Haitian ways a lot. And until we realize that we are sick, until we realize that we've been conditioned to not see the other person as us, there will be no end to this. Right? And and the the, the work the work has to do, the work has to be done from the inside. And I'll finish with this. Because nothing in the universe grows from the outside in. It has to grow because you don't you don't know how refreshing it is to hear. And it's funny that because you and I have these conversations about all the time. We about cultural scripts and the cultural heritage, or you know, the fabric of our ancestors. Because we are a descendants of warriors revolutionaries slaves and you know you hear that a lot because it's nice to say but that's what we are we are descendants of warriors and revolutionaries and slaves so we have a lot of anger in us we have a lot of violence in us we have a lot of revolt in us and that went down from generator to generation i'm going to go one step further because we have talk about this a lot in the importance of us as men, as the leaders of our households, as fathers, as husbands and mates, we have a lot of baggage that we have to be aware of every single time because we're just one bad day or one mouth off away from a very violent repercussion. We are aware of this. Some people just like take it as a passing frenzy, but we are aware of this. But also the work about mental health and getting in touch with our feelings and understanding and deconstructing our our being as it is for our sons is something that is totally new for you and I and our generation and our brothers. It is something that is totally new. Like, yeah, I'm not sure about you, but I was not taught this. And that is not taking away from our elders, grandfathers, <laughs> fathers, uncles. That's not taking away from them. But as I like to say to a lot of people in my circle, especially in my men's groups, guys, you can't give what you don't have. You can't give a love that you didn't have. You can't give a respect that you didn't have. You can't give patience that you didn't have. You can't give understanding, empathy, collaboration that you didn't have. All you can do is build the man that you want to be, build the husband that you want to be, build the brother that you want to be. So I guess what I'm trying to you know, allude to is how do we be that brother for the man that needs it. Dougie, how do we be that brother for the man that needs it? Mm. Not just the spouse, but that brother, because it starts with the man inside, the man within. Michael Jackson mm. called about the man in the mirror. How mm. do we be that man? How do we be that brother for the guy sitting right next to me? It's a very, very tough question because there are layers Um there are a lot of suffering that people are carrying that makes it difficult and that we have to deconstruct before we are there for the others. So again, from the inside out, how do we, how do we cultivate that is by having space to have honest, open truth, sincere and compassionate conversations 
of understanding. Um, you and I, we have developed a friendship where we are able to go into the, the depth of our emotions very quickly. There's a lot of men that do not have a space to talk about that. There's a lot of men that's been, that have been educated, raised to, I'm a man. I go see my brother. We drink two beers. We watch the game and then we move on. Right. And, and I feel that this still can happen. I'm not trying to take this away from any man. I enjoy it too. Right. We go, mm-hmm. we sit down at a bar. Right. But. Let's say that we can carve out in those moments a little space to know how our brothers are doing for real. There's an example that I love to take with people is that two men go out to meet and to have fun. One of them, his mother is sick, right? His daughter didn't go to school, right? And then the other man comes back home and his partner is like, hey, how was John? Oh, he was good. That's it. How is his mother? Oh, I don't know. How is his daughter? I don't know. So we just spend time. We just have a, a transactional relationship. And that goes with the fact that, you know, we don't want to show v- vulnerability. We don't want to, or sometimes we don't have the language to demonstrate vulnerability. Or sometimes the vulnerability that we would like to show or demonstrate is not accepted because of how we were so- socialized or how the other person was, was socialized. So we, we want to, my rule is that if I go out to have a beer with you, the first 10 minutes before we have that beer, how are you doing? How was your, how is your quality of thoughts? What are your thoughts lately? How is your partner? How are the kids? And it's not like, oh, they are there. No, you're going to answer me without saying good or bad. You're going to elaborate. And if you can't elaborate, we are going to work on finding the language and going, and we are going deeper and we are peeling and peeling and peeling. Or, you know, like, you know, tell me something that frustrated you lately. Right? How is work? Right? At what project are you working? Right? How is your sleep lately? Right? Something like that where we are able to give a ramp so man can enter that space. Mm-hmm. Right? We can, we can create men's group and all that, but sometimes it's cost money. Sometimes it's like we don't have the, the, you know, the, the, the um, time resources. We are busy or whatnot, but everything, every so often we can create those little containers to tell the person that there is someone there that cares about you. There's someone there that have your best interests at heart. There's someone there that is just there to hold space for you. I might not have the solution, but I can be aware that you're going through a tough time. And then I'm going to, we, we are going to look for resources or maybe I know someone that knows someone, right? But it's, and it also starts with how we raise our young kids, right? Our kids, how we, how we raise them to talk about their emotions, how we raise them to express their emotions. And, and often I get caught up as well myself. I have my thing that I overlook all the time where it's like, okay, I want my kid to express their emotions. But when they express their emotion in a certain way, I don't like it. 
So, because expressing emotions can work for me in terms of like using your words and, 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 you know, like articulating because I'm someone of words, I'm someone who speak as someone to do speech and blah, blah, blah. But when my kid is acting out, that's expressing his emotion too. Mm-hmm. Raw, I, deep emotions. Am I, am I willing to accept it? So there's that work that I have to do on myself to be like the way that the emotion is expressed. When I say I want people to express their emotions, I have to be ready to accept the full range of emotions, right? So being there for our man, for our brothers is accepting that there are some people that they are able to articulate words. There are people that they are able to that they can only act out a certain way and that shows a problem. There are people that when they are in a tough spot, they confront or they isolate, right? So, so where do we meet our friends there, right? When, where do we, what do we create? So men's group message on WhatsApp, uh, uh, um, calling out as well, sometimes under bullshit. Mm-hmm. myself calling myself out on my bullshit right like having that support of like hey you said you were about to do something you haven't done it right or you said that you would have that conversation with your partner did it happen mm-hmm. do you need help so it's having a posture an open posture it's not always easy we have a lot of and myself what i do is journal um not a lot of people journal, but it's to, you know, have a place to like dump those things. So, so that's how go. I feel like we can, we can. That's great. Support, that's great. If I can add, team, right? if I can add, and I'm sure everyone knows someone who knows someone who knows someone. Um, I understand, as you said, that you and I, we've created that space for each other and you're, you always have someone on an even keel. It's like the gym. There's someone who can do, 50 pull-ups there's someone you want someone you can do one but understand that you're no better or you're worse as long as you have someone who sincerely can hold that space for you because sometimes you also have to admit sometimes we are not ready to receive Mm -hmm. and sometimes you know you have to have that right person you can lean into and you know if i can invite just again practical tips for anyone who needs to hear this if you need to have someone you need to rely on to just give fair warning you know just give Mm -hmm. fair warning don't just show up and just dump because some people (laughs) are dealing with their own load but Sometimes, you know, it can be simple as a text. Hey, incoming rant, can you receive? There you go. That way, you know, really mm-hmm. clear. It's like some brothers will go, yeah, sure, boy, what's up? Or sometimes, you know, maybe they have no idea what are talking about, but they, they understand that this is a call for help. And it's kind of mm-hmm. comedic. Hey, incoming rant, can you mm-hmm. receive? Mm-hmm. That's it. And a brother most likely will be ready to receive you. And that's, right. that's a beautiful thing. So we need to create that openness we need to create that space because i am tired i am tired of hearing brothers who take their lives i'm really tired i can't take it away uh i can't take it away because it's something that's going to happen and every time i hear that especially someone in the in our community the haitian community the black community Mm -hmm. taking their lives because they had so many things but it really more and more I hear those stories, the more and more I realize how much it really matters to me because I realize that men don't talk and that's that's not right. Mm-hmm. That is not right. Mm-hmm. Um you're a precious being and I respect your time immensely. I know we're coming up on top of the hour, but I would be remiss if I didn't at least ask, okay, what is first of all, congratulations on everything you've done with Teach Reach. Um every single episode is stellar. 
um it's something that you know that you yourself in the beginning you thought okay here's my craziness but i i really i really want to applaud you and you want to give me flowers but this is this is your baby you brought it to this to this point and it's something that you need to be celebrated for so but what's next on the horizon for tish reach where are we going what are we looking at what do we want well brother um tish reach is entering its season three so we are about i don't know like a, a week um trying to look at the the you know the whiteboard that we have here with a bunch of like mm-hmm. writing so we are about a week to launch season season three um meeting new people um lots more stories coming up in terms of like by writing stories, I find that I have other stories <laughs> that I didn't Funny know. Funny how that works. I didn't know. It's like, it's just, it's just there. So, um, more stories, a, a little bit more of, uh, um, it's interesting because I'm, I'm tapping into people right now that they are, you know, it seems there's a trend in the season three where many people are activists. And it's just like, that's, those are the people that I've, that I've been able to reach. And, and it's been, it's been beautiful having those conversations with those people and, and understanding as well my, my, my things that I overlook often or my own, you know, biases and things that I hold and, and things that I, that we, that we, you know, gel together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so season three is coming up. Um, the format of five minute teach, which is like a little, five minutes i go by myself and then i go it's still there um there's some episode on that too um a lot of that is linked to things that i'm going with my going that's going on with my family um like you know conversations that we have at the dinner table sometimes where i'm like the hell is this and i'm like i need to i need to write something about it and last night i had a weird dream about pokemon those are the conversation we have on my ta- on my like dinner table at my dinner table pokemon and I wow. had a nightmare about Pokemon last night. Wow. So, so I'll write an episode on that too. You know, so, you know, uh, um, a full range of things. We are thinking about going full visual on YouTube, but mm-hmm. brother, YouTube is a different beast. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube yeah, I know. is a I know. different beast. I know. Trust me. So, Trust me. um, so I, I'm, you know, you were thinking about identity. I'm like, I, I met myself halfway in the change. I'm like, I'm going halfway visual. I'm going to have the set. We're still going to be on audio podcast. We're going to have a little snippet of visual, but the visual will come. Like mm-hmm. we still, we still, mm-hmm. we still like, you know, pumping the brakes here because uh, my guy, I've been holding back so long and my wife is mm-hmm. just like really just listening to me in the background. She's like, she is mm-hmm. ready to flip a chair across my head because she's been fighting me <laughs> tooth and nail for this for so long. And I get it. That's the new medium. You have to go with the trend because I understand that right now we're in a visual format. But like I said, video is a different, different piece. It's a different piece. But um, this is not taking away from any of your shine uh, because mm-hmm. you deserve all the accolades and the commendations because, brother, it's been a tremendous journey to see you and your growth and everything that you've done with these episodes. And I enjoy the fact that just like a lot of uh, the educational YouTube videos I follow sometimes, you won't see a creator produce something for months on end. But when he comes out with that one, it's like, oh, oh my God. It's like, Tungi came out with an episode. It's like, oh, that was a good one. Shee, that was a good one. But I'm not making that up because, you you know, game recognized game, brother. It's uh, I know what it takes to Mm -hmm. just make one episode happen and just try to build on the next one and the next one and the next one. 
So mm-hmm. it's the consistency that will see you through. And I have no worries at all that it will see you through many, many, many more episodes and many more seasons to come, brother. So oh, congratulations on so everything, everything you're, mm-hmm. you're doing, man. Just mm-hmm. keep going. Just don't stop. I, um, I want to say thank you. Thank you for this time. It's always a pleasure to share this space, to catch up with my brother and my friend. And it's what what a wonderful way, serendipitously or not, to, you know, celebrate this episode 200 of Awaken the Awesome. Because, you know, it's not about just the fanfare. It's also because understanding why we're here to, again, show people, introduce people that you don't have to be Richard Branson or, you know, whoever to have an impact on the world. You've had an impact on my life. You're having an impact in so many stories in your own way, bringing out the own awesomeness that is you and your family and your wife and your mm-hmm. kids and the wonderful students that have the pleasure, you know, to have you as their guide to this thing called mm-hmm. life. So thank mm-hmm. you. I want to thank you uh, for this wonderful time. If anyone in anywhere can, um, wants to connect with you and follow up on the interwebs, any possible <laughs> way we can connect with you, my friend. Well, the best way to connect with me is through our teach reach Instagram, um, at teach reach underscore podcast. That's the best way to connect my personal Instagram. It's a collection of, photos of my kids and me at the gym and you don't want to follow that so um at teach reach underscore podcast um that's the best place you can find our podcast on every listening platform possible um whatever platform it is we're there right even if it's we're trying to be on radio Caraib, but it's very hard <laughs> but we, will, we can be we, we can be we we are everywhere on the interwebs and and i'm looking forward to share you know the season three with people and and also like you know to to see the beautiful things that you get to do you know in that 200 chapter of of awaken the awesome like mr awesome um I remember that that name was coined for my memory in 2013 mm-hmm. at a wedding, nonetheless, our dear mm-hmm. friends, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and the name came in. I was like, this guy is always onto another level. <laughs> so now, so now he's no longer Mr. Olivier Day is Mr. Awesome because of course he is. And, and, and it's beautiful to see that how you, you took something and it materialized into something that's birthed from you know you trying to meet a friend you know to go watch a game at 7 a.m when it was at 7 p.m but you didn't know anything and then now now you were interviewing people from all over the world and and this is the this is the testament of you know one day at a time one day at a time oh yeah just one day at a time like beat by beat step by step and then a little becomes a lot. Right? You figure so, it out. You so, do figure it out. You will so always figure it out. You don't know. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. It means a lot because, you know, it's, it hasn't been always been easy as we've fallen mm-hmm. off, you know, but we've come yeah. back. We fall off, but yeah. we come back. We fall of off, course. but we come back. Of course. And of course. I know you understand. And I know, and I thank you for not judging me for it, but I thank mm-hmm. you for keeping me accountable as well because it does mean a lot. It really means a lot. Um, as the running tradition goes on the platform, as you know, we always like to open up the red carpet, the final step, you know, the next step, you know, the, what I like to say, the next step where people, you know, passing thought, a favorite book, a passage from a quote, a Bible verse, a song, whatever that someone can use as a positive step, a next step tomorrow and use it at the, as the next step towards their next level. Anything we can leave the listeners with. Man, that's a big, that's a big 
question. Um, yeah. The other day I read a quote. I don't remember from who it is, but it stayed with me. The quote is the following. We overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do in 10 years. That's the quote. And it's been in my mind since, I don't know, for two weeks. It's been there, right? That one year from now, we probably have those grandiose plans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But 10 years from now, we don't know how much we can accomplish. You don't know. So you don't know. So go for it. it I know it. I know it. You hear it a lot. And it it sounds kooky, but you don't you don't think about it because as you just said, you know, you've been a teacher for twelve years. My daughter's ten. My daughter's ten. So time goes by really fast. If you stay mm-hmm. focused with that vision, if you stay focused with that vision, if you commit to it, if you stay dedicated to it and you chisel piece by piece one day at a time and you know the future you will only thank you for it thank you you're a tremendous individual um guys this has been another episode of awaken the awesome with my friend my brother i will link up all his connections and all the social platforms on the on the show notes on this episode once it goes live guys do go show Stungi some love. Seek out the Teach Reach podcast on all the platforms. I implore you and I declare it. It is worth your time. Tungi, as always, brother, you have a friend in me. This is not the last of our conversations. I thank you for being part of my universe. And I hope I can bring as much value into yours as I do, as you do in mine. Stay blessed, you, my man. friend. Stay safe. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.